Welcome to the Creative Tools podcast. My name is Ashay and I'm immensely passionate about using technology for creativity. On this podcast, I talk to various creators about what tools and technology they use to be creative. My guest today is Kat Vansil. Kat is a professional storyteller and neurodivergent creative who helps aspiring storytellers vanquish story construction obstacles, slay the imposter syndrome clawing back of your brain, and stomp boredom flat with her boy's love fiction. She's done work for Amazon and Writer's Digest, had her work sold in bookstores across the English-speaking world, and won an IPI award in 2017 for excellence in independent publishing. Hi, Kat. Thanks for visiting my podcast. You're very welcome. So let's dive right in. My first question is, what do you create? I create stories, uh, both novels and serialized stories, and I teach aspiring storytellers how to do the same. I'm responsible for every part of that process, with the exception of the final editing and proofreading, and of course, the physical construction of those books. I do not print them. So then when you say you create stories, uh, am I right in saying that you, uh, when you create those stories, you basically, the actual manifestation of your creation is a book that people can hold in their hands? Correct? Yes. Read. Okay. But I don't just write them. I also do the book design, the cover oh, okay. design, uh, any internal illustrations. So like I do not just the writing, but all of the artwork that goes along with it. The entire visual experience uh, yes. that the uh, readers will have. Okay, great. So um, so the, the way that I'm structuring these interviews is kind of three parts that I want to talk about. The first one is uh, pre-creation. So before you start your creation, what happens? Uh, then the creation part and then the post-creation. So after your creation is done, what do you do with it? And then I want to understand the tools and technology that you use in all of these three. So the first one, let's talk about the pre-creation thing where uh, you might get inspiration of, uh, uh, when you are interacting with your surroundings, you might get inspiration and then you may be recording it. And then whenever you are creating, you retrieve it uh, later. So how do you do that? Like, how do you record your inspiration and how do you retrieve it when you want to create something? So um, for recording my inspiration, it depends entirely on where I am when I receive that inspiration. So if I am reading or watching something, I write it down in a notebook. If I'm, say, on Instagram, I um, add it to a collection because they've conveniently made that possible. Um, if I'm like it's a normal work day and I'm in the middle of working, I, um, and I'm on my MacBook, I, um, record it in a thing that I call my, uh, story alchemy journal, um, which is a process I devised for myself, um, to record and catalog everything that I, um, learn or, um, create in a day that's separate from the project I'm already working on. So like any inspiration that I experience or idea that I have, 
I put it in one cohesive place so that I can easily retrieve it later. But I didn't understand. So you you mentioned for Instagram, uh, you save it to a collection. Mm -hmm. uh, you also mentioned a notebook and then you mentioned a journal. So uh, it's a digital journal. Like it's a, it's a digital journaling process that I've created for myself. Do you mind explaining it more? I'm very interested, very curious on how so, your process is. Previously to this thing, I had like no system for like this. You like, and a lot of people don't, they have like, you know, a bazillion Google Docs or like they have a bunch of notebooks or they'll just write on any piece of paper that comes to mind and they don't really have a cohesive system for like collecting all that. So they, because they don't have a collective system, they don't have an easy, fast way to like um, retrieve that information later. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's lost. And Correct. if like, it's not in your brain, you don't have a way to utilize that, that knowledge that you've acquired or that idea that you had or that inspiration. It's gone if it's not immediately right there. So I made a system for myself that the idea is then out of my brain and it's not, you know, in my head demanding my attention. I can easily then go back to what I was working on. It's not demanding my attention. But then when I have the, the brain space to get back to it, you know, a day, a week, a month, even a year later, all I have to do is type a few simple keystrokes and it's there and I can work on it again. So do you tag your ideas? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's it's they're they're tagged in a specific way with a few um relevant keywords, but also they're tagged um by date. They're tagged by um like project, like they have like I've made a system so that I can easily find things. This is extremely interesting and the reason why the reason why i'm asking these questions is uh, i was talking to a sculptor the other day and then he mentioned that uh, he also has a but he has a handwritten journal uh, and then he says he said to me that i write down if if i if i'm hit with an inspiration he definitely writes down what that inspiration is about but then he also writes everything that's surrounding him as well like what 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 he's smelling at that time like and what's the weather like and like all, all yeah. the all that stuff so that uh i mean he he kind of like um uh makes a record of as much as possible uh the the, the not just the inspiration but the things surrounding the inspiration at that time and yeah. uh my, and that... my brain does that naturally right um it's um it's called cluster memory mm-hmm um, certain people who are neurodivergent, like our brains just naturally do that, um, with memory, my mm. brain will either store everything or nothing mm. just naturally. Um, but I, I don't want to have to rely on it storing that. So I, I record that and then I can go back to it. So this, um, I, I, Ahead, I do the same thing with with um my 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 paper journal like my my paper notebook and then I transcribe that um once a week into the digital one like I have a set aside time and then I transcribe it 
and these keywords that you just mentioned uh so you came up with your own system uh for those keywords is that it yeah it's not like a like a it has to be these you know things like um it's usually the projects you know if the project has a specific name like it's related to a story or if it's um like if like say it's you know it has to do with you know emailing or if it has to do with uh, uh um a story idea you know one of the keywords would be story idea mm. or uh email or um um, if the book has a particular project name, like, so you use uh, keywords that will make sense to you later. Mm -hmm. Like, don't, don't use like, and like the other cool thing is um, I, I made it in the writing program I use. That's another important thing. You don't want to use some program you're not going to use in your normal day-to-day -day life. Mm -hmm. Mine is made in the program I already use for all of my writing. Oh, Okay. Like it's not a separate. It's program. not a separate. I understand what you're saying. So yeah, you, so I'm like so, I'm already familiar with the tool, and I already use the tool every day. And so the, already... the tool that you make your creations in, the the same tool you use to also record your inspiration. Yes. That's what you're saying. What tool is that? It's called Scrivener. It is made by a UK company called Literature and a Latte. Okay. Um. It's been around for a, a long time. I've used it since 2010. How do you spell it? Can you say that again? Uh, it's Scrivener, like like scribe, like scriv. Okay. Um, it is a spell. Oh, literature and latte. Okay, I got it. I just just googled it. Amazing. Okay. So um, I do all of my writing in that exclusively. Okay. Um, except for the, you know, when I write down in a notebook by hand, but like all of my writing is done in that program. I don't write in anything else. And, uh, is that only, I mean, uh, can you also design, I mean, illustrate also in that tool or no, it's only a text-based? It, it is a text-based program. You okay. can, you can publish like, like make eBooks in it. I don't, I use a separate program for that. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Actually, that we will come to that when we talk yes. about the creation part. Um, and so let me ask you uh, one more question about retrieving the inspiration. So are you, I understand you are saying that you make keywords that will make sense to you later. Uh, but then when, and this has happened to me as well. I'm a filmmaker and I, because I'm a filmmaker, I watch a lot of films. And mm -hmm. uh, whenever I find something inspiring, I have created like a, a text group with just me in it and I just text it to myself right uh, and um, I'm not as organized as you are where I like create keywords and stuff but I, I text it to myself and then at that time I may not be creating some anything like uh, my, my film filmmaking is a very time consuming process so I may uh, be making film like two years later so I want access to my own inspiration that I recorded two years ago um, so uh the those keywords that you mentioned uh do you have like a specific cadence or frequency that you just like maybe uh go into your journal the digital journal and just keep typing keywords or you have like a list of keywords that you can see uh, that oh yeah so the um i have the the um the journal are by year i have one for year okay and um, the way I have it set up is I have an index on like um, the way that Scrivener works is you can have two planes. Mm. So one is where I write like a page for uh, imagine if um, you had one page per day. 
Hmm. And then I have a small little sliver that's the index. Hmm. And so each, essentially imagine um, each journal is a year. Hmm. And then I have um, a section for each month. And then I have below that, uh, imagine like how I used to have like, um, like, um, like books for with everybody's phone numbers. Remember how they mm -hmm. used to <laughs> broken down like three letters for each section? Uh, okay, okay. That's how I, I break up the keywords. Okay. So I treat it like an actual index. And so I have the month breakups and then I have the keyword breakups. And I treat the pages as if they're pages in a physical book, even though it's digital. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. when a year comes up, I start a new book, essentially. And then these, uh, this recording of inspiration, is that only in text form or you also can add pictures there you can yeah, add you links can paste, you can paste pictures into it okay okay so it's not a you can't create pictures in the program but you but can paste pictures paste pictures mm -hmm. just like you could in like a google doc or a word doc but then the actual pictures uh you does it have an app as well or is it a computer program oh uh, yeah they make it for both pc and mac and then ios so then, and then when, if you want to add a picture uh, there, can you take the picture from the app itself or you have to take a picture separately with camera and then import that picture into? Yeah, yeah. What, do you, you import or you take the picture? You have to the import. App? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Like it's, it's a, it's a, it's a typing program. Oh, okay. Okay. Great. It just, it's, uh, it has an infrastructure. So imagine it like, like a wiki. Hmm. it's a but it's not internet based hmm. and one of the good things about that is you don't need internet to use it oh okay when the internet goes down i can still work <laughs> that's right okay great um we may come back to this later uh yeah but let, let, let's move on to the creation part so now um you have a system for recording and retrieving mm -hmm. inspiration and now you want to create uh, your creation. So how do you go about it? Like, What's your process? I have a three draft process. Um, I start with a, what I call a raw draft. Some people call them rough drafts, but I think that's too polished even. Um, I write my ideas like they're bullet points because then you don't have this, like, it has to be perfect. <laughs> um, so I write them kind of like, some people call them story beats almost. Like, sometimes they have full pieces of dialogue. Sometimes it's just like, this character does this, and then they go do this. So that way it frees me up to not feel like it has to be perfect. So I have my raw draft, and I uh, treat them as scenes and not chapters. Then they can be in pieces that can be in any order. Um, cause I don't write linearly. I, I write, um, whatever piece comes to mind and then I'll slot them into chronological order. Hmm. So I, I treat them as, you know, uh, everything is a scene, not as a chapter. So I have my raw draft and then I move on to, um, a refined draft where I'm putting them into the scenes into, um, chapters like i'm grouping them into their chapters um and 
then once I get, you know, all of them into the right chapters, plug any plot holes, everything's all great. Then I make a refined draft, uh, a, a polished, the refined draft into a polished draft. Get everything perfect, do any rounds, make sure all of the language, spelling, anything, it's all perfect. Once I get it exactly how I want it, I export it uh, chapter by chapter and then import it into um, Google Docs and send it to my editor so mm. that um, he can edit it, um, get it all polished. And the reason I do that is um, I use the uh, Grammarly plugin um, so that at that point we have three uh, grammar and um, spelling plugins that are working mm. because Scrivener has one. Um, Apple naturally has one. Google has one. Well, I guess it's four at that point. And Grammarly has one. So that's four digital programs running grammar and spelling and two humans. Mm -hmm. At that point, it is about as perfect and clean as humanly possible for an independent publisher. So by the time he's done and it comes back to me, that's as clean as it can be. And how about your illustrations? Like, uh, how do they get into this draft? So uh, that's done in a separate that that's that's um, that's part of book design, which is not part of manuscript. Like that's a separate part of the process. Okay. So that's after all of this, those are treated completely separately. So the book is written in text form at first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, do manuscripts you, are separate. But then, do you already have ideas of what you are going to illustrate at that point, or once the manuscript is done, then you? think about what you want to see. So the books aren't tend to be illustrated. Um, so uh, they'll have um, like chapter pieces sometimes, like the the parts that go with the numbers. Um, those graphics are um, either done in like Illustrator hmm. um, or they'll be done in Procreate which is an independent program. Uh, Illustrator is made by Adobe. And uh, and you you are saying you you make those illustrations yes, as well, right? You I make those. So then for them, do you also have like a, a record and retrieve process for inspiration? Like for the illustrations themselves? Um, for the inspiration, um, I have... Uh, Pinterest and uh, Instagram. For the but, for inspiration for the illustration, you are saying, right? Yes, for the illustration. So I have uh, uh, Instagram has collections and Pinterest has uh, pin boards is what they call them. Right. And so I, I save uh, each uh, uh, on Pinterest because you can have way more like boards. I have a board for like each series or project has mm. its own like style board. Mm. Um, and then on on um, Instagram, I have like our our publishing house, like our company um, studio has a design aesthetic. Mm. And so I have one for that. And our our current design aesthetic is um, um, Norse 1920, like cut paper. 
So it's mm -hmm. highly stylized cut paper is kind of our, our um, theme. Um, so I like the idea of cut paper. I'm terrible with knives. So I do digital cut paper in Procreate. And then what I'm not understanding is like for the written part, I understood that you have, you mentioned about Scrivener and Scrivener has like two panels, like on the left, you can see your inspirations and then on the right, you can write, uh, write. but for illustrations, uh, you have collections in Instagram, pin boards in Pinterest. Uh, how do you retrieve those when you are, uh, or if you are making it like project by project, then whenever you have to make those inspirations, do you have that in front of you? And then, oh yeah. So, um, to use Procreate, it only it's it's um it's a uh it's an io like an iOS it mm -hmm. like you have to have a tablet, mm -hmm. a, a, an iPad. Mm -hmm. So if I have it on an iPad, I just have my phone. I have I have the um the boards or the collections on my phone. Hmm. I just have it right there. And then I do the same thing um when I'm working in um Illustrator. Hmm. I just I just have it on another device right there. Um because it doesn't have that I mean you can do the split screen. My husband does that. Um I I don't like Ha taking up half my screen yeah yeah yeah. my tiny little screen on a on a ipad with... i mean especially in the digital world real estate is very precious like for yeah. for, for illustrators at least so. so i um i just have it on a second device like right there okay. um, um yeah that's that's i got used to having it as a separate thing because i you know i was i I was a trained illustrator. Oh, I went to the Academy of Art in San Francisco. Um, I have a degree in illustration and design. Hmm. Um, so when you learn traditional art, you don't have a computer screen. You have to have a, a phone. Oh, okay. On there. So I already got used to that. So, And then uh, I was talking to a painter the other day, and then she mentioned that uh, she goes between like a canvas and procreate. Uh, so, yes. uh, so she, she maybe does like a base layer on canvas, then she will take a picture of it, put it in procreate and then try several variations of, uh, what she wants to create in procreate. And then once she knows like she's, she, she fix, she's fixated on what she wants to create, then she will reproduce that on the canvas. Like, do you go through some process like this? Um, I haven't done that. But I, um, at one point, um, many, many years ago, um, I used to do my drawings by hand, scan them in, and paint them digitally. Hmm. Um, and then uh, when we had the Horizon oil spill and off the go... Uh, Gulf of Mexico. I was part of a charity art auction. We raised about ten thousand dollars for the animals, and we I we did um what they call speed paints, where you do them really quick. Mm -hmm. um, and we made these art cards essentially. And I did that was the first time I'd ever done a hundred percent digital art in my life. Um, and I just never went back to drawing by hand and then scanning them in. Um, so if I do a work that's 
traditional, it's 100% traditional. If I do a work that's digital, it's 100% digital now. Um, but I used to do the half and half process. No, so the half and half process is mainly because uh, she, uh, mainly because I think she wanted to know how it is going to look like uh, well before she actually does it. So it's like a creating a choice or uh, creating a prototype of your yeah. creation before you actually create uh, it in uh, physical. So um, she's essentially making like a, a thumbnail or a color study. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So yeah, uh, we, had, we had to do that um, manually in class. Um, right. uh, or we'd make digital like mock-ups. Hmm. Um, I do, I do make digital mock-ups before I make a, the big elaborate one um, because that's how we were taught in school. So, so exactly. So uh, I think this is my thinking. Okay. I mean, what digital technology has afforded us uh, creators is a pivotal shift of making a choice rather than a decision because uh, earlier when everything was analog, you had to make a decision of like, let's say a stroke of paint on the canvas. Uh, and if you wanted to try something different for the same stroke, you had to create another one. The art was like inherently destructive, but with the, with the digital world now, you can have a digital stroke, you can make a copy of it, change its color, change its form. And then now you have a choice uh, to make between the two. So, um, so I think uh, th that was that was where I was going towards, like uh, the the half and half process that I, I talked uh, about is basically going towards that is making a choice before you actually make a creation. So for for your illustrations, do you also do like and you, I think you touched upon that a little bit, like do you do digital mockups, which is before you do it, do you create like versions of it to understand what will look best? And then yes, yeah, I, I, I do for uh, covers. Okay. I make digital mockups. That's that's what we're trained. I was trained to do. Um, I make um, like simplified like layouts. Hmm. Um, if um, the closest to that that I have available now is uh, the cover for one of my upcoming releases, um, Predestined. If you go and look at the cover, um, in very tiny text, it says cover art not final um <laughs> you can tell that it's going to be one of my cut paper covers but the cut paper part of it's not up there it's just the flat the flat art mm. um so you can see the layout of where everything's essentially going to be um like okay. that's the closest to like my test of okay i'm going to put this and in there and another question that I have for you is, uh, I, I understand that you have your pin board or your collection on a separate device, and then you are creating your creation on your machine or your Mac or something. But then uh, do you start with like a completely blank canvas or you have created like some templates for you that, that kind of uh, expedites your process of uh, creation? For a cover? For cover or for for your illustrations, like anything that's not text, how how do you do it? Um, so uh, for an illustrate uh, for a cover, I have to know exactly where the text is going to take up space. Hmm. 
So when I'm, when I'm laying out a cover, I always put the text first because it's the text is the most important thing. You have to be able to read the, the title, the, um, uh, what do you call it? The, the, the tagline text in the name. So I will always put that first to then know where the illustration can, can exist. Hmm. So I will lay out the text in InDesign hmm. and then export that as a um, as a PNG graphic because a, a PNGs are the only graphic that you can ec- in, essentially import into Procreate hmm. um, properly. Um, I like I'll use that as a template. Um, and there, I have made templates that are the sizes, the proper sizes for things. Like I have an Instagram template that's um, the square. I have yeah, the yeah, template yeah. that's the real. I have the template that's the exact cover um, for an ebook cover, for a print cover. Like, so I have specific templates that are the certain sizes. So. But then for the, for the visual part of it, like... Uh... Uh, you may have let's say characters in your screen uh, in your uh, story or you may have some environments in your story so do you create them completely from scratch or do you no, have I, I i don't have any of those because the the things that are in in books are always going to be um very specific things you're mm. going to have the cover you're going to have chapter graphics you're going to have um like specific things, but there's always going to be a text element. So the mm. text elements have to be placed first and then the imagery goes around it. Mm. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the post-creation part now. So uh, for after your creation is made, how do you release it? How do you distribute it? And how do you market it? And by, by release, what I mean is release from yourself like you are not going to make any changes to it now and then now it's released into the world so um how do you release distribute and market your creations so um one of the important processes is um i make like the physical books like the layout for the books in a program called vellum which allows me to not have to make five versions of the book so previously to this program, you had to make a separate book for the print for <clears throat> all of the digital ones. But now I just make one and it allows me to say, okay, this one's going to be in the print and this one's going to be in the digital. Hmm. Like, um, and the cool thing about this program is it's designed by two guys named Brad who <laughs> used to work for Pixar Animation Studio. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, they wanted to make an easy program that like anyone can use. Um, and it's it's like not like you don't need a degree to be able to use it. Like it's drag and click. What's the program called? Vellum? Vellum. Like like the, you know, the thing they used to make like, you know, old manuscripts back in the medieval oh, okay. times, you know, vellum. Mm-hmm. So I, it allows me to easily distribute my books and and to the um to the places that they need to go okay because uh <clears throat> so i have my books distributed through amazon because 
uh, they bought the company that I use to distribute and print my books, Hmm. um, which I've been doing for 10 years. Um, But my books are also available on all of the major ebook platforms. So I have them distributed around the world in print and then ebooks. And that makes it infinitely easy for me. Like all of this technology makes it easy. Um, and then um, um, marketing. So I am restarting my marketing um, over again because I had to take a medical sabbatical for a few years because in 20, late 2018, early 2019, um, I was diagnosed with two rare chronic illnesses and I just uh, am now getting back into doing everything. Mm. So, um, but for my marketing, I um, do email marketing myself and through ConvertKit and they are wonderful. And I also am um, on Instagram. Hmm. so then so i mean these days what i have observed is if you are a creator you are not just a creator you are also a video maker you are also (laughs) so because you because with social media you have to keep uh consistently uh active on social media to make sure that you are letting people know uh of your creation so um for for publishing on social media do you use any particular tools yeah, so I I don't use a scheduling software, but I I do have a schedule I keep myself. So I batch my content. Uh like I make batch my content. Um I film it on my iPhone. Um I if it's original content like it's not using like trending audio, um, I use iMovie to cut it together um, and then just flip it. Um, and yeah, I just I just film it on a tripod that I got, like a little and my phone. So then yeah. and then when you, you said you you have a schedule for yourself. I understand you're not using scheduling softwares, yeah, but this I schedule do. that you have, is that like uh, recorded somewhere? Like, do you? Yeah, is that I, in the Google yeah, I, no, I, I, I upload um, three reels a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, um, but at about mm, 11 or noon, like basically like, you know, read my, you know, get up, drink coffee, read my email, and then I post reel. I have what, like, because the reels are made ahead of time, like, it's not like, oh, what am I going to post? What am I going to write about? Like that is not a way to do your content. Like I I make them in two week batches I for the trending content. I don't make them farther than that because the then the sounds get out of date. And yeah, yeah. yeah. So I have when I when I make them, I have the script already. I already know like this one has this, this is what it says in the captions, this is what it's gonna be about. Like so th- that that's the thing that I'm talking about like so do you uh i understand that you have a schedule of thursday three days a week but then Mm -hmm. do you have a list of what you're going to publish recorded somewhere 
Oh yeah. It's, it's in, so I have, um, the same, like this, you know, how I, um, my, my journal where I record Mm -hmm. all of this stuff, I have a similar one that's for my essentially studio. That's all of the, and it's where I have one folder of area for each of the different aspects of my business. One of them is literally just Instagram Hmm. and it has my reels and I have one section that's ideas. So essentially things that have not been put out yet. And then Mm. I have one that's um, broken down by month of, and, and post of things that have already gone out. Is, are these folders on your uh, machine? No, 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 no. This is in, inside that. So imagine that that document has my studio name. Okay. And in inside it, you, inside it has folders because I said it was like a wiki. So imagine. Oh, in Scrivener itself, you are saying. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I didn't know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I have it listed with the, I. You know, I give the the real a name, and its date, and it has the the captions, what my you know what I wrote for, you know the post. Hashtags. hashtags. Like, yeah. like everything that goes in the actual thing is written in my thing so that I know what is going out right, right. on what days. But then when you post it, you basically just have to go back and forth between Scrivener and Instagram to like, copy the text for the post. No, no. I Because so you can, if you're on the phone, like I can look at my screen and I can just turn on the, you can dictate to your phone. Hmm. I turn that on and I just read what I can see on screen. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The only thing you can't read are emojis. Oh, okay, okay. Like, and it's pretty good about recognizing my voice and I just read what I see on screen. It's really fast. Uh, I don't, I don't type it out. I just and read then, And then where do you, see, where do you store your reels? Uh, oh, the completed reels? Completed reels, yes. So I, um, it stores it on my phone. Um, I like to save them before they go out because right. then it doesn't um, get the um, the markings. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And um, and the text on them. Like I like to save multiple copies. I save them onto my device, but then I also back them out to an external hard drive. I back up everything. <laughs> So um, I have a folder on my external hard drive that's just called Instagram. Okay. Like, and so all of the things that are my Instagram content is so saved. They, so basically your reels uh, are saved as completed videos on in your photo album or something. And then... They're uh, saved as pieces and as completed because then I can... Some pieces get recycled as other right. bits of other things. Mm. Like reuse your content if you can reuse it i know i know yeah but then uh but still like this content for reels is in your photo album uh maybe in separate folders uh i don't know or um it is for um if it's more than um a year old it's not in there anymore Mm. like i i i knock out stuff that's that's old for okay. what's the biggest challenge you face in your creation process the biggest challenge um is what they call shiny object syndrome um 
I get too many ideas that that come to me. Sometimes they're not even for things I could even make or create myself, um, which is why I like record them in, mm. in that journal. Um, like this is a big struggle. Like I have a hard time um, making my brain quiet so I can go to sleep at night. <laughs> like I've had this problem since I was seven years old. Like <laughs> it's, it's a, it's um a big problem that that is my biggest struggle like I have too many ideas that come to me I don't have um creative block I have the opposite mm -hmm. of fire hose <laughs> great thanks cat for thanks for tuning in if you are a creator I would love to talk with you please connect with me through my website or social media see you in the next episode